0: Good morning, everybody. Once again, welcome to New Hope Church. This is Maya. Good morning. Thanks for being Good with morning. us, morning. Yeah. yeah. And for those of you who this is your first time back, we want to say welcome home because you've been out for a little while. Uh, and it, but this, if this is your first time here, we might want to give you a heads up. We want to give you a heads up on a couple things that are around the facility. Very simple. Yes. Prayer room. Prayer room. Nursery. Nursery. Children's ministry. Food. I say that one last because... Food. Yeah. But some of you already ate, and that's fine. Wait, where's the prayer room? I heard food. Prayer room is right prayer there. Prayer room. Yeah, yeah. Nursery. Nursery. Food. Food is on that side. Food. Restrooms and, and... Resource Center as well. Our Resource Center. Bibles, Which, children's books. Yeah. And if you're, if, you're, like, if you're a reader, then you want to visit the Resource Center because then they have all kinds of books that help with our relationship with God. And at the same time, the things that are coming up is available to you, like our, our uh, kupuna luau, which our is kupuna coming up luau. in November. Yes, it's in November. Tickets will go on sale next week Sunday. Yeah, and and the tickets go on sale next week Sunday, not the luau. Sometimes people are like, I thought it was the luau this week. No, the tickets. Were, so the just tickets. Gotta, it's the t- in tickets. November. The luau is the luau in is November. In November. There was a guy who came up to me. He's like, Hey, so where, where, how I go to the luau? I'm like, First of all, brother, you got to bring grandma. <laughs> secondly he was like 28 i'm like this is a kupuna oh, there's an age luau. it's not the kupuna putting on a luau it's for kupuna yes and maybe that's what i should have said because ah. he wanted to attend i said no this is for our kupuna and Got it. 50, so we did put an age thing on there it's 55 and over 55 and up yeah you cannot even go <laughs> oh, the 30 year old you're in your 30s right yeah, I'm in my 30s. Okay, so you're still young. Lower 30s. Lower you still don't 30s. know what you're talking about. Yeah, you're still learning. Yeah, you're still, yeah. still growing. Okay, confused. I get it. a little bit. <sighs> so, yes, but pretty soon I can yes, go. Yes, that's coming up. It is, is coming, coming up. up. And we it also have, up. it's almost Christmas, guys. It's almost Christmas. Operation Christmas Child is coming up. Boxes will be available October 16th. Yes. And we get to participate in one of the greatest things these children will ever receive. And it's not the box itself or the gifts that are in the box. It's the hope that comes with it. You know, we live in a country on an island or in a state or wherever you're from that we have so much in our country. We have so much in our own families and homes that these kids look forward to zero. They don't know anything about what Christmas is all about and the birth of Jesus Christ, the hope that Jesus brings, the hope of eternal life, like those things, some of them do, but we're trying to find places that... They don't know Jesus Christ. And the hope is through the giving of these boxes that they will receive a tangible gift, some toys, but also reading material that will help them understand that there is a God that loves them. And children around the world and families are coming to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior through Operation Christmas Child. And you can, you can also build a box online. Yes, yes. Last year we did 350 three, something, yeah. three. But I think we can hit 500. I really believe we can. If everyone got one box, we would be able to hit more than 500. Challenge accepted. Challenge accepted. And we can do this. And, but not everybody does. So, so sometimes we'll get two boxes or three. Uh, sometimes with our grandchildren, they'll get one each. They'll say, oh, I want to put a box together. So I have three grandchildren. And they send theirs. So if, I think if we partner together, we can hit 500 easily. Uh, but also online if you want to do online, you can build a box. And we'll get the website to you. Uh, for some of us, we just don't like shopping. It's just, we just don't like shopping. And, or maybe, maybe we like shopping, we just don't like people. And then it's hard to go shopping when there's others. I'm not saying you don't like people. I'm just like theory. It's a theory. Yeah, it is. And then the it last is. thing. You can just scroll and shop and click online. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for the box. <laughs> yes, yes. And the last thing is, if you don't know, we have services on Wednesday night at 6.30. And coming up, we're going to bring our convention home via video yeah. on Wednesday night starting October 12th. Every, every year, we have our Foursquare connection. Foursquare is our denomination. And this past year, it was in Miami, Florida. And so we had great teaching that gives us a heart and vision of where we're heading as a denomination. And it's not about the denomination. It's about what God is doing through all of us. And so our president, Randy Remington, will share that video and a couple others that we thought was so beneficial for us as believers. So if you want to go that second mile, you want to pour a little bit more into your spiritual walk, it'll begin October 12th. Yes, and I think it's Wednesday night. five Wednesdays. Probably, yeah. yeah. It's going to lead up to our vision night. But it's, it's, it's rich, it's filled with... Uh, a lot of hope, but also a lot of challenges for us as believers in the world that we live in. And, uh, yeah, so that, that'll be coming up. Yeah, and if you haven't already, download our New Hope Church app. You know, everything's on there. And then find us in the fellowship hall around campus. We'd love to talk more story with you. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. man. Thank, Thank you. you. Appreciate you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Young man at 30-something years old. I remember when I was 30. I do. It's not depressing. It's just the reality of time goes by. Uh, You know, when we talk about all the things that we do and the hope that someone comes to know Jesus as Lord and Savior, I want to let you know that you as a church, for you to be consistent in praying for people, giving, uh, loving on people, that consistency matters to other people because... It's what God is doing through each and every one of us. It's not about this church time or the time that we gather, although an important part of our walk with God. It's also when we leave these doors. Like we get to love on people. We do struggle in life. Today we're going to be talking a lot about emotions. So if, you, if you're like, and, and I'll get into that later. Uh, but know that when we give to God, it's so much more than a financial gift. It's really saying to God, I trust you with this and so can you use it in the way that you know how to? Because in, in his hands, our finances work the best. And it's a small portion of what he's already given to us. But if this is your first time, don't, don't think about the giving part. Think about, I, I don't even really know God yet or I'm trying to learn about him. Then receive today. Receive what God has for you. Receive his very best so that as you come to know him as Lord and Savior, when you come to that understanding of this is why I give to God, then God sees your heart in that and as we give to him let's do as the bible says we give cheerfully out of a heart of gratitude so let's pray together heavenly father thank you for the opportunity that we have right now to give to you we pray over the finances that as we put it in your hands you would utilize it in the best way possible and once again we pray for your favor for those who are looking for work those who are looking for a, a way out of the situation that they're in, that you would provide the way, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. These are the four ways to give. Uh, you can mail in your check. You can give online or text or our app. Uh, we also have the tide and offering boxes in the back for you, those of you who are here. It's a black box in the back, right under the fire alarm. Don't touch the fire alarm. It's in the. It's in the black. It's in the black box, and. Um, we don't pass around the buckets Just in case this is your first time back You're like, we're at the buckets We don't pass around the buckets We stopped that during COVID uh, Just because of that whole deal So, just wanted to give that to you Okay, today we are talking about God's faithfulness And the reason why we're talking about God's faithfulness Is because we're going to deal with emotions So I'm asking a rhetorical question I don't need you to raise your hand Or look at people around you Um Are you an emotional person? (laughs) Hang on. Some of you leaning, you're like, no, but the kind is. Second question, do you know someone who is just so emotional? Like they just, it's just every day. You don't know what you're going to get. It's like, it's like you you spin the wheel. (laughs) Please land on joyful, please. And, and then it lands on miserable. You're like, shocks. Oh, honey, I'm going to clean the yard today. going to take about 17 days. I'm gonna, but I'm going to be in the, in the back. I'm going to clear out the forest. It's not even my land, but I'm going to chop down some evasive plants and trees. So if you're gonna see me for two, three months, I'm helping the environment. That's how we feel sometimes. We don't want to be around emotional people. And it can be both male, female, husband, wife, father, son, daughter, mom. There's there's a whole bunch of us going through various emotions. And I just recently, this is just recently, am trying my very best and learning about these things that I deal with called emotions. And I'm 50. Imagine for 50 years a dam has been... Raised up, and all that water has been stored. And now I'm at a place in my life where I'm like, okay, God, I got to deal with some stuff. And I'm a pastor. But wisdom says you got to deal with this sooner or later because it's either going to break or overflow, and other people are going to feel the ramifications from it. People have already because we have not processed well. And when it comes to our emotions, without even giving permission for our emotions, it'll spark up. There's a man by the name of Jeremiah in the Bible. In fact, there's a book written by Jeremiah called the book of Jeremiah where we find Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans that I have for you declares the Lord plans for welfare, not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. Jeremiah is nicknamed the weeping prophet. Weeping. <laughs> Crying. Weeping prophet. Imagine that's your nickname. And in this corner, the Weeping prophet. There's no strength to that. The weeping prophet? But that's his nickname. Why? Because he's dealing with all of his emotions. He's just that guy in the Bible. But there's also, there's also Jesus, who John writes in his book, the book of John, two simple words, the shortest scripture in the Bible, two simple words. Jesus wept. I'm wondering if John was like, Oh, Jesus is so emotional right now. Oh man, look at him; he's a wreck right now. I never seen him like this. Nah, it's too much. Never gonna make him seem like. Ah. Jesus wept. Like it's easier. Why? Because we're taught not to deal with our emotions at an early age. What happens when we when we fall? We scrape our knee. We fall. We bump our arm, and we come to dad. Dad, what is the first thing dad says? I'm gonna stop crying. Stop crying, stop crying, stop crying. Your leg fell off? No, stop crying. No more bones sticking out, no more blood? Stop crying. Oh, oh there is a bone sticking out. Yeah, but can heal. Stop crying, stop crying. We're taught that. So at an early age, we're taught not to cry and to suppress our emotions or we try our best to, to process our emotions with people and, and their heart is good and their intent is good, but sometimes what they say is not... It doesn't help us in the situation. Sometimes they'll say, you just got to get over it. I'm like, how long have you been grieving? How long has so-and-so passed away? You got to get over it. And you're like, I'm trying. I'm trying. It's been seven years. Get over it. I'm trying. I just can't. No, you can't. Can't is not in the vocabulary. You, you can. You can. All you have to do is, and then they label all these things, and you're like, you don't even understand. And sometimes we think, just because I went through the same type of thing, I have the right to tell you how you should feel. And again, with good intent, people want the very best for us. It's just sometimes we're not, we're not on the same page, and people are trying to help us, but we, it's just, ah, I don't know how to process this. I don't know how to deal with my emotions. I don't know what that looks like. And what Jeremiah does is he lays out all of his emotions. He's so concerned about all that he has gone through, all that he continues to go through. But he also speaks to himself. He talks to himself, he says, this is, this is, I recall this to my mind, therefore I have hope. Many of us talk to ourselves, many of us should talk to ourselves, many of us should stop talking to ourselves, so that we can learn the healthy way to process things in speaking to ourselves. And that's what we want to balance out, because self-talk can be good, but it can also be devastating, because all we repeat to ourselves are the negative things that people have said. So when something happens and someone blames you, you're like, it is my, I'm so sorry, it's my fault. And you, you revert into, it's always my fault. I am the one to blame. I am, I am the one that's, that's uh, uh, the emotional one. I am the one that is weaker. I am the one that caused this pain, this suffering. I am yeah, I'm, I'm that person, put the blame on me. I am the one who's shamed, who's guilty. And you, you keep saying that to yourself and you live that out. And it's very unhealthy, we will only be as emotionally unhealthy as we choose to be. We can't choose what happens to us, but we can definitely choose how we respond to what happens to us. We can't choose the feelings that come up. We try to stop it. We try to just nah, I'm not going to feel that. No, nope, I'm not going to do that. But it's an actual feeling. It's actually there. There are chemicals in our body that are actually there that makes us feel this. Regardless of how we're trying to think, those, those emotions are still there. So how do we process this correctly? How do we do like a little self-talk without going crazy? Because we saw people talking to themselves and it's like, oh, no, the guys, they need help. Some of us actually do need professional help. And that's not a bad thing. It's not a negative thing if we do need professional help because we're getting help. It's, it's, it's unhealthy if we stay there. Every single person needs a therapist. Every single person. And you want to get one before you need one. <laughs> that's what I've learned. You want to get one before you need one. I used to think of therapists as like, man, that's, that means you're messed up. You're like wrecked. So you need a therapist. Now I'm learning, no, I want a therapist so I don't get wrecked or stay that way. Easy in your teens, maybe, maybe. Because we just go, we just move on. We just suppress it and we just keep going. Even in our 20s, maybe, in our 30s. But boy, you start hitting some maturity in your life and some wisdom and you're thinking, wait a minute, something's broken and I don't know what it is. I don't know why I'm... Thinking this way or dealing. I, I don't, I don't, man, I'm on my third, fourth, fifth relationship. Something is, what is it? Is there something that I'm not catching? And it's not that something's wrong with us, it's just maybe I'm not processing things well. Maybe I'm not doing this in a healthy way. And our emotions will always affect people around us too, sometimes more than it affects us, because they're the ones that are not. In real time dealing with our thoughts They just get the result of the damn breaking So how do we process this well The other week I was in traffic Some of you were in that traffic It was about two and a half hours That I was stuck in I had some meetings to go to And things that I had to do And all of my emotions are coming up One, feeling like Oh, did somebody get into an accident So there's sadness Maybe some concern, compassion And then there was anger Then there was bitterness. Then there was complaining. And so our emotions will go through all kinds of different categories in a short time span. And you know where I was on my way to? I was on my way to a class that teaches us about stress management. (laughs) So I get to that class two and a half hours later, and I was late to the class walking in. They're already starting. And now I'm in that class for another six hours dealing with my emotions. It was, it was one of those days, like, oh, my goodness. And I don't drink, but if I did, it might have been whiskey. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just felt like this is a lot to absorb. How do we process this stuff? Because Jeremiah is reminding us that we're still human beings. We still have our human nature that God created us with. It's a big deal, especially these days with emotional health. It's a big thing. It leads to so many other things. So much so that God foreknew and He prepared an entire book called the Book of Lamentations. I wish there was a book of happiness and joy. There isn't, it's a book of lamentations. It's almost like God is saying, you're going to deal with this more than you're going to have to deal with happiness and joy. Happiness and joy takes care of itself. But lamenting, oh, that's another thing. And I have created you with emotions because of relationship. God created us for relationships. So we're going to deal with emotions. In the book of Jeremiah, because Jeremiah is the one who writes down the book of lament, or he, he writes and authors the book of Lamentations because he's lamenting. But the way he does it is, is unbelievable. And we'll read from verses 1 through 25 and verse 31. So Jeremiah says, I am the man who has seen affliction because of the rod of his wrath. So he's saying, God has poured out his wrath on me. I've seen that affliction. He has driven me and made me walk in darkness and not in light. Have you ever felt like you're in darkness? That there's no light, that there, you can't find a way out. It's just complete darkness. There's no hope. Surely against me he has turned his hand Repeatedly all the day It's like Where's God All day He's turned his hand against me He has caused my flesh and my skin to waste away He has broken my bones He's saying this is how painful it is To go through what I'm going through It feels like I broke my bones And he's putting it on God Like God it's your fault He has besieged and encompassed me with bitterness and hardship. You ever been bitter? Gone through hardship? Jeremiah is your guy. He's like, I understand bitterness and hardship. I'm going through hardship. That's where I am right now. In dark places, he has made me dwell. Like those who have been long dead or have long been dead. He's saying, I have no life in me. Zero whatsoever. And some of us, Are in that situation right now You're like I have nothing to give I'm emotionally Depleted I have nothing to give And you guys expect me To be happy You guys expect me To do these things You expect me To do all the work I am emotionally drained I can't just Do what you do And just Fix things That's inside of me Yeah you can do that fine But I just Can't And no one understands you And it's a real thing That you're going through he has walled me in so that I cannot go out. He has made my chain heavy. It's like, I feel like a prisoner. I'm just locked down. I, I'm stuck. Even when I cry out and call for help, he shuts out my prayer. Ever prayed to God and it hasn't been answered in the way you felt? That's Jeremiah. He's saying, you shut out my prayers. He has blocked my ways with hewn stone. He has made my paths crooked. He's like, I'm just wandering around. Where am I going in life? What, what am I doing in my life, with my life? Where am I going? Am I going anywhere? I feel like I'm walking in circles. My paths in front of me are crooked. So it's frustrating. He, he is to me like a bear lying in wait, like a lion in secret places he has turned aside my ways and torn me to pieces he has made me desolate Jeremiah is saying I feel like God is always out to get me he's just waiting to pounce on me he bent his bow and set me as a target for the arrow he made the arrows of his quiver to enter my inward parts I have become a laughing stock to all my people Jeremiah feels like a target like God is actually targeting him that God is just waiting for that moment and he'll release that arrow. And Jeremiah says, I'm the target. That's what I feel right now. Their mocking song all the day. He has filled me with bitterness. He has made me drunk with wormwood. He has broken my teeth with gravel. He has made me cower in the dust. My soul has been rejected from peace. And some of us, that word rejection, that's a big one because we deal with it every single day day but this one is this part is sad even more than all the other ones he says I have forgotten happiness imagine imagine forgetting what happiness is imagine forgetting that there is a thing called happiness a a feeling called happiness a feeling of joy and, and gladness and happiness he said I forgot what that even feels like I don't even know what happiness is anymore. So I say my strength has perished. And so as my hope from the Lord, he's at that place. He's saying, I don't even have hope from God. The one who's supposed to give me hope. The one who gave me promises. The one who did the great, amazing things that we saw. Nope, I have no hope from him either. Everything has perished. Remember my affliction and my wandering. The worm, wormwood and bitterness Surely my soul remembers and is bowed down within me. Talk about dejection, walking head down, just as low as you can go. You didn't even hit rock bottom. You dug through rock bottom. And all the emotions that he's feeling is real to him, and no one else feels it. No one else understands it. Even though people mean well, they say, I understand, you know, my mom passed away, I understand my son went through this, I understand, and their heart is good, but really, we don't understand what we go through in each other. We really don't. We we have a glimpse of it, but we don't understand fully because we come with a whole background of variables to make us feel a certain way, and all of us will have those variables to make us feel a certain way, so it's good that we can console one another and things like that, but... We really don't know what each other go through And that's okay It's okay to not know what someone is going through But it is okay for you to be present And then Jeremiah just He does a shift And and I can see scientifically how this works Jeremiah shifts from the emotions that he's feeling because it's, there's, there are chemicals happening or chemicals in our bodies that make us feel certain ways and our brain triggers those areas like adrenaline and so forth to make us feel certain things. Jeremiah almost like hacks his emotions. After dealing with all that he said, he said, this I recall to my mind. It's almost like he just swam through the flood of emotions and then just bypassed all of that and went straight to the source of where he can begin the process of dealing with these emotions. It's like, I'll take a shortcut through this. Not necessarily a shortcut. I'm going to cut through this and go straight to where this I recall to my mind. Right? The mind doesn't feel. Neurons. We have neurons. Neurons neural pathways synapses that take place transmissions transmitters so we have these in our brain it doesn't feel but it creates feelings it leads to feelings so jeremiah bypasses not suppresses not invalidates or does not validate his feelings he he just shared all of his feelings he named his feelings which is healthy we got to name our feelings what are we feeling He names everything that he's going through. Then he says, but this I recall to my mind. Why my mind? Because my mind feels no emotion. I can go here. I can't think with my emotions. I got to think with my mind. Some of us flip that around. We think with our emotions to trigger our mind to our actions. So he says, this I recall to my mind. And here's the result. Therefore, I have hope. This I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. The Lord's loving kindness, his loving kindness, indeed never cease, for his compassion never fail. His compassions never fail. They are new every morning, every single morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, my soul, says my soul. Therefore I have hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the person who seeks him. For the Lord will not reject forever. I love how Jeremiah packages this. He deals with all of his emotions. He names it, and then he says, but this I recall to my mind. This is how I need to think. Therefore, I do have hope. Why? Because the Lord's loving kindness never ceases. Your loving kindness will cease. Yours will cease. Not not specifically you, but yours will not. it, It will cease. Ours will with each other. But Lord, your loving kindness never cease. Your compassions fail not. That person's compassion to me will fail. That person's compassion to me will fail. But your compassions will never fail. In fact, they're new every single morning. Your compassions never expire. There's no due date. It's it's not even the same compassion. It's new every single morning. So I can rest assured that your compassion for me today is for today. It's new every single morning. Why? Because you're faithful. Even when my emotions aren't. Great is thy faithfulness you're my portion you're my resource you're where joy comes from you're the reason why I can get up in the morning because I'm waiting for your mercies that when I wake up it's there every single time your compassion is there every single time I can wake up and know that it's there not every morning I wake up and they made my coffee that is not faithful but your compassions are faithful I can't wake up every morning expecting traffic to go well, expecting so and so to give me a hug or tell me they love me, but your compassions fail not. there. are new every single morning. You fulfill what everybody else cannot. And what I lack, you have. And that's every single morning because of his faithfulness. And sometimes we need to speak that to ourselves. Over our emotions Again process the emotions And we're going to find out How to process in a healthy way But we do need to name them And talk to ourselves And sometimes we need that Talking to ourselves So our brain can hear and learn So that when we say certain things We can, we can process well But God even gives us God gives us Three communities In processing And that word community Is a Latin word Communitatum And that word communitatum means like fellowship. Like we have fellowship with one another. It also means we relate to one another or we feel the same thing. You know how we say misery loves company. I used to think, so like miserable people they just like hanging out with miserable people like who would wake up in the morning saying who's miserable today i'm gonna text them i like hanging out with miserable people you know what it's you know what community means with with that with how we feel same feeling it's not that we look for miserable people to hang around with it's there's a commonality there there's a little bit of an understanding because we're experiencing the same thing so it's not necessarily i look for miserable people it's just i can connect Because we're going through the same emotions. That's that community. But that word in medieval Latin, those times, it came to be used primarily to mean a society or a division of people. Like these people, they belong together. These people, they belong together. But in English, and more in our modern day terms, it means like common possession. Like we have the same things. You ever see like car clubs? They have the same thing. They all have the same, not same cars, but same type of thing. If it's, you know, uh, you know racing cars, they all have the same, even lingo. Oh, what are you, 350 block? Oh, no, 2, tra- 12, transmission, 14, 17. Like, yeah, that doesn't mean anything. That, I, I, and if you work on cars, that absolutely meant nothing. <laughs> but they say the same thing because they're dealing with the same thing. They have the common possession. Same thing with gamers. You have the same possession. You have a game. So you, you have that community of people because there's the same possession. Bikers, when you're motorcycles, you have the same possession, so you form this community. You have a community of people who are like-minded because you have the same possession. Sports athletes, same possession. Basketball, football, golf, whatever it is, you have this same possession. It's a community of people with like-mindedness. But it's also... A community of enjoyment like you love being around these people and you could be doing anything together you just love being around these types of people it's also a society or association of persons having common interests some of you love bingo you play bingo i don't know where but you go play bingo together maybe you have a con- maybe you just love talking story and you just hang around with people who love talking story because you put a and Portuguese people in Hawaii, they love talking story. And you hang out for like seven days together talking about one hour of your life. Imagine putting 10 Portuguese in one room saying, hey, have fun. <laughs> you got to bring them food and water. And they'll make their own. But that's because they love being around each other. They have common interests. And that's their community. They just have common interests or occupation. There's a community of people because of Occupation. If you're a doctor, you go to a doctor's conference, you're not going to find someone who loves to crochet. They might crochet in the doctor's conference, but that's, they're not going to go to that. It's not their thing. But we find these communities of people, and, and God gives us communities of people, not just for common interest and to be around each other just because we like each other. He does that for our emotions, too. The first community is himself. God provides himself. He also provides others and he provides friends. Let's look at the first thing that God will provide himself. See, we can go to God with the power of the Holy Spirit because of what Jesus has done for us. That's why we say God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. That community, he invites us into. He says, I want you to be a part of this community because this is where you should process your emotions first. It's in this community. God will bring the wisdom, He'll bring direction. Jesus has such compassion for us, and the Holy Spirit will empower us. So, when you process things with God first, then there can be health. And sometimes it's hard to process with God first because we just go off the handle and we just start snapping. We're just angry people. But then go back to God and say, God, can you, like, show me the areas that I need to process my emotions with you with. And how can I do this in a healthy way? Because he should be our first community. And he is faithful to process our emotions with him. Just ask him, Lord, what do you say? This is what I'm saying to myself. What do you say? And he might even even bring up some things like, no, that's a lie. That's actually not you. No, that actually wasn't your fault. It was an accident. No, this wasn't. No, that didn't happen because of you. He'll, he'll bring that wisdom. Our basic emotions, you know, happiness, uh, sadness, fear, disgust, anger, surprise, we will deal with that every single day constantly. That's just our basic emotions. Imagine all the other rest that we have to deal with. We're going to deal with, I mean, there's the good things like joy, Happiness, But there's also anxiety. There's pain, frustration or confusion, sexual desire, triumph, romance. We're going to deal with failures and mistakes. And our bodies will always keep record of our emotions. And the good news is even when we process it in a healthy way, it will keep record of that too. But we've got to process with God first. Second group or community is other people. Now this one, yeah, you've got to find the right people. People that God would surround you with. People that want the very best for you. It may be even non-believers. Sometimes non-believers might be more healthy for you than a believer. Because sometimes a believer would say, all you got to do is pray. Or you just need faith. You don't have enough faith. Or you know, you've got to go to church more. You've got to read the Bible more. And that could be partly true. But there might be some people, and it could be a non-believer, like someone who doesn't even know God, who's like, man, hey, you need help, let me know, I'm here, I'm here. They may not even give you advice, but the fact that they're there is already a big relief. So ask God to surround you with the right people. People that will give you wise counsel, but people that will love you towards your very best. And ask God, God, send me the right people. Send me people that... That want the very best for me They may not know how to articulate it So you're going to have to use your wisdom too And bring that back to God Because some of them might give you wrong counsel Or I shouldn't say wrong counsel They might give you ungodly counsel Ungodly wisdom And then you can go to God and say Lord is this you? And God may have to More often than not Translate the heart behind what they were saying And say no this was their heart They, wasn't, they weren't saying to do this Because that would be worse but their heart was for you. And then let God bring in the wisdom in how to action that thing out. But God is faithful. He will always surround us with people. We just have to go to him. The last group is close friends. God will always provide close friends. This one is difficult because these are the people you want close to you that do know God because you're letting them in the deepest, most darkest places. So you want them to know God. And it's going to be difficult because it's not going to be one person. You may have multiple people. And it takes time to get there because you want to trust people. You want safe people. You don't want people that are going to backstab you or say something that you, or repeat what you said to them to someone else. And it's hard to find, hard to trust people. That's why it's good to go to God first. And then pray for those right close friends. The people who love God, who love you, and love your family in that order if you're married that they would love God love you and then love your spouse that they would actually care about your relationship in your marriage but we do that order because if the people who are very very close to us we let in they don't they don't love God but they love you they're going to give you ungodly counsel with the best intention but then if we have people who, they love God, but they love your spouse or your family more than you, then they're going to give you advice that might drain you. So this one is important because you're letting them into your vital organs. Like you're opening up your chest to your heart, your brain. But when you find those people and you process with them in a healthy way, with God involved, boy, health Begins to happen Healing begins to happen And the former things that used to drag us down No longer do that Because there's no more power left Jesus says come to me in Matthew 8 Excuse me eleven twenty eight. 28 He says come to me all who are weary And heavy laden And I will give you rest Sometimes the most exhaustive day Is not a physical exhaustive It's emotionally exhausting So Jesus says, that's why you gotta come to me. You're you're heavy laden, you're weary, I'm gonna give you rest. And a, a kind of rest that you don't know of unless you come to me. That's why we start with God first. And we can only go to God first because of what Jesus has done. For some of us, today is the understanding that Jesus is the way. In fact, he even said it himself, John 14, 6. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to God except through me. It's the only way. Jesus paid the price for our sins so that we could stand righteous before God. And now that we can stand righteous before God, now we can process it with that community. God, Father, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We can process it in a healthy way because Jesus made that way possible. And we're gonna go through a lot. For some of us, we might be thinking, you know, I, I have people in my own family. And that's why we, I, I didn't say family. Notice in those three communities, it's not not family. And it almost might be shocking to some of you, but some of us, our family is the problem. They they, they are. So friends are going to help so that our family becomes stronger. Now, sometimes in a family you can process it, and they they, they are like your friend. So we're not saying don't do that, but sometimes it's just within the family, you don't want to process it with the family because you're just too close but the people who are your friends, they can help you with what's happening in the family. Like family, you'll always have. You'll always have. It'll always be your brother, your sister, your mom, your dad, son or daughter, grandparents, aunties, uncles, cousins. You can't change that. It's not like junior high, you're like, go at me, I go at you. Okay, six months later, I quit. Quit. What is that? Quit means you break up. I quit. It doesn't even make grammatical sense. I quit you. That makes no sense at all. What that says is this relationship is done. I quit you last week. No, you never quit me last week. I quit you first. No, I quit you already. Not letting you dump me. I dump you. <laughs> dump is another one. That's, uh, quit and you can do that with that kind of relationship. You can't quit your family. You, you can't. Some of us try. Right? Mom or daddy say, hey, you never cleaned your room. You know, you're so ungrateful you didn't do this you didn't do your chores you didn't do this you're like oh, no, I hate you I quit <laughs> what do you mean you quit you know my dad Oh, DNA testing said I am <laughs> you, can't, you can't quit your family you can't quit your children you're no longer my child get out of the house which some of us have gone through that get out of the house I disown you what? disown me? you never buy me there's no there's no paperwork you will always be family For some of us, it's like, oh man, really? Yes, that's good news and not so good news for some of us. However, however, you won't always stay broken. You don't always have to have brokenness or even a broken family. It all comes back to how we process our emotions. It starts with God. Some of us, it's an actual relationship with God. This is what 1 John 1, 1.9 says, and this is the actual truth when it comes to our relationship with God. He says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful, faithful, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's where we start. That's where we're gonna to start today. And I wanna close with this scripture, Hebrews chapter four, verses 14 through 16 the writer says, Since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, that's the great high priest, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses. Imagine that we may not ever understand each other's weaknesses, but Jesus does. And here's why. For he faced all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So, Let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. So let's bow our heads for a moment. Let's pray. Let's pray for that. I want to pray for those of you who have never given your lives to Jesus Christ. This is the first time you're acknowledging our sinful nature, that sinful nature that we have, that we need God. And as I pray, as you you pray with me, you include your heart and you put that faith in his hands. And here's our prayer. Repeat after me. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for dying on the cross and rising from the grave to give me a future and a hopeful one. I surrender my life to you. I pray this in Jesus' name. And Lord, for all of us with our emotions and, and all that we need to process, Lord, we pray that you would send us the right people. But we start with you. You are our first community to process our emotions with. So may we boldly go before you because you have already forgiven us. Surround us with the right people, even friends, Lord, people that are close to us. It might be family members, who knows? But even in our very own families, Lord, we we battle with this. So we ask for the right people, the people that you see that would best fit helping us unpack and deal with our emotions. We don't want to suppress it anymore. We don't want to, to ignore it. We don't want it to just build up. We want to process it with you. Because even when our emotions are unfaithful to us and lead us to dark places, you are always faithful. Therefore, this, we recall to our mind that the Lord's loving kindness, your loving kindness, never cease. Your compassions fail not. Your mercies are new every single morning because you are faithful. We pray this in Jesus' name, and we all said together, amen. Can we just welcome these? that said yes to Jesus today, even online, click that link, it'll help you with your walk. If you did say yes to Jesus, we have a Bible and some reading material in our fellowship hall. It's a free gift to help you with your walk with Jesus Christ. And then let's process this together, right? Let's go to God. We have each other, but ask God for those close personal people or people that can be close to you so that you can process it well. And then continue to live for God because he is always faithful. God bless you guys. Mm -hmm. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you soon.